Welcome everybody back to Friar Talk. Today we're going to be talking about Kodai Senga, who is one of the best players on the market right now. Um, a little bit underrated just because we haven't seen him play in the MLB yet, um, but he's a guy that's going to be really, really co coveted by a lot of these teams. Um, we've seen probably like 10 plus teams already apparently extremely interested in signing him. Uh, he's probably going to cost about a four to five year contract, about 20, about probably close to 20 million per year. Um, he's going to be 30 years old and the dude has been really good. Uh, this is a guy that could potentially be the best option for the Padres in free agency. When you start looking at, okay, they're probably not going to land one of these insane top bats. They're probably not really looking for that. Um, but what they really need is uh, they need a back end starter. They need both a four and a five starter as it stands right now. Um, and saying is a guy that they could potentially go and get for maybe not Rodon money, right? Like maybe not that level of like 30 million bucks, or it could be under $20 million, so a little bit cheaper. Um, it makes a little bit more sense. With that said, how do you guys think? Uh, how do you guys feel about uh, adding in Senga? I mean, starting pitching is one of the bigger needs for the for the Padres right now. You got you Darvish, Blake Snell, Joe Musgrove, and then what? You don't really have much after that unless you bring back Nick Martinez. Even then, do you do you kind of have him in a full time starter role? I don't know. I don't know how often he start. He used to start, but didn't start this year. I don't know how many innings he pitched, so you would have to really extend him into a full-time starter role, and I don't know how long that would take. But I think he'd be fine in that role. Either way, the thing is, though, he 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 kind of gets hittable at times, so I kind of expect him to be like a low four ERA guy, which I guess is a number four starter. But in in kind of the league we're in right now, where the Dodgers are having guys – with like two or three ERAs throughout the rotation. And you kind of have that throughout the league, at least amongst the high market good teams. Um, you kind of need a, a really good capable four starters, I would say. We have three, so we just kind of need that extra one. And for all we know, that extra one could be Kodai Senga. Uh, he projects to be around the, the, the upside, they say, is like a, a front end starter, a number one or a two, most likely a number two. Uh, Kodai Senga has a four-pitch mix, fastball, forkball, cutter, slider. And he throws them, the free uh, the frequency in which he throws them is in that order. 45% for the fastball, like 27% for the forkball, 17%, and then 5%. Something along the 10%, sorry, for the last one. So he does have a four-pitch mix. He mixes in two other pitches, a curveball, and I forgot the other one, but he does mix those in around 5% of the time. Um, the velocity... Two scene that there it is yes sir, uh, the velocity is really good. I mean we've seen rain, things ranging from ninety eight to one hundred two, so velocity on his fastball is very good. The concern with his fastball is his uh, his control with it. He ranked pretty low in uh, in in the league he used to play in in terms of fastball control. He didn't throw it for strikes very often, but that's probably something that hopefully one of these one of these teams could fix because that's a very put potent fastball um that would probably be his first pitch almost all the time and it's one that definitely killed a lot of players over there in, in the league he used to play in but the the pitch that's the most coveted i would say is that ghost what is it called the ghost fork or something like that i mean if it's named something crazy it's got to be good uh, what what's you darvish's pitch called the supreme if it's named something crazy it's got to be a good pitch there's no doubt about it um and that that's his kind of that's his put away pitch. That's one that with two strikes, almost nobody over there was able to hit. And that's probably why he's so highly coveted because he's got really good stuff. He's got high velocity on his fastball. He's able to put people away with his forkball. 
Um, and that two pitch mix alone can be really, really helpful. Um, and then you add in the four other pitches that he throws, really only two, but he, he does throw four other pitches. It could be a really deadly combo for, for Kodai Senga. And I think the biggest concern is not only the control, but you read it a little more. There's injury history behind it. But last year, it was like he missed a month to COVID and he rolled his ankle. So it's not like it's major injuries. There is some concern with his right shoulder. Um, but that's kind of something that you you got to bank on if you're if you're willing to get Kodai Senga. And, um, I like the idea of having him, especially as a fourth or fifth starter. The, the whole thing is that he wants to go to a big market team that's ready to win now. And the one thing we don't have is analytics. So hopefully we we employ that. But um, he wants to go to a big market team. So you're going to be competing with the Dodgers, the Mets, the Giants, you know, some of these bigger markets out in the MLB. And like, say, a Suzuki, you might have to overpay a little bit. Say, a Suzuki got five for 85. In my opinion, that was an overpay. Um, I don't know if it's deferred or, you know, how, how much he made last year, whatever it is. But I didn't think he was going to make that much. I thought max 15 million. Um, now with Kodai Senga, it's a matter of this guy has the type of potential where he could be a friend and starter where he was second in, in his league behind, I I forgot his name, some Sasaki, I don't know, something like that. Um, Rookie Sasaki, man. There we go. Um, a very high, a very, very, very good player over there. So I like Kodai Senga a lot. Um, the best move the Padres can make, maybe when you're talking about, what they can afford. Um, but when it comes to what they can afford, yeah, Kodai Senga might be the, the best move they can make, especially because he does have the potential to to really be one of those front-end starters, and he'd have front-end starter numbers as your number four. And you, you want that. You really want that. That's what the Padres kind of had, I would say, for a while last year. Um, but then that all went to hell. Uh, so we we need we need sustained production so that's why it's kind of scary when it comes to his injury history is he going to be able to give you sustained production is he going to get hurt you know something like that 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 could be a very scary thing and ideally you want six or seven starters going into the season but i really like the idea of adding him in terms of just raw potential see the one thing that really burned us in the playoffs was a lack of a real fourth starter and i think we can all agree the thing that killed us was Mike Clevenger and Sean and I fell apart at the end of the season and they were nowhere near legit starters. And we had Nick Martinez in the bullpen and we didn't have anyone else to throw out there and we relied on two guys and got burned. So realistically, I think we can't make the same mistake basically three years in a row now. 2020, we lost two pitchers. 2021, all our pitchers got hurt. And then this year, our four and five guys just fell apart at the end of the year and had no stuff. So what do the Padres got to do? They got to go and sign Kodai Senga. He's got the stuff to deal with it. He's had some minor ailment injuries, like Isaac was saying. He rolled his ankle. That's just an unfortunate accident. The right shoulder concerns are a little bit more something to be concerned with. But the only thing that comes with that is He's only pitching once a week in Japan. Here in the with the MLB, he would be pitching once every five days. So you also have to take into consideration, will his arms be able to adjust? Do you go in with a five-man rotation at the beginning of the season and hope he can last all the way through? Uh, I believe we you mentioned it before we were talking, Isaac. He's only eclipsed 
170 innings twice in his career and once since 2017. I think this year he pitched around 144 innings. So getting that out of your four guy would be nice, but you don't want to get him hurt by the end of the year. He has the stuff to make a lot of impact in the league, and I think it makes a lot of sense to sign him. My only concern is with every big market team being after him on the market, what is his real price tag going to be? I know we were talking about it. I originally said four for 64, but then we started talking about Seiya Suzuki and how I think he was supposed to be, what, five for 70, and then he got paid an extra 15 million. You might have to go, you know, five for 85, five for maybe 90, just because people are going to overpay him. They really like his stuff. He's got a chance to be a legitimate front end starter. But if you're the Padres, Isaac, can you uh, flash your hoodie real quick? You just got to do it. Just do it. So, <laughs> sorry, I have been waiting for that all day. I, I, once I saw the just do it, I'm like, I have to do this. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I think that you guys are right in terms of like what the what the Padres need to do. We were talking about it before, um, but with the pitching. The Padres don't need to go and spend a ton of money to upgrade first base or upgrade the outfield or upgrade catcher. I've seen that get talked about a lot. They need to go spend money on starting pitching. That's that's like very clearly what, what they're lacking right now. They have three starters. So I love the idea of adding the talent with Kodai Senga, but I do have some concerns at the same time. I also think that if you look back on, on uh, Seiya Suzuki's deal, I would be pretty happy if you could sign Senga for that. I think it's going to cost more than what he costed because, for one, he's a corner outfielder. This is a starting pitcher that has, like, ace-type stuff. There's probably more upside for your team if he's able to really hit where, say, Suzuki was, like, good and all, but I don't think anyone was expecting him to be, like, like, to become, like, a crazy elite superstar. It's like, no, he's really good on defense, and he can be an 800 OPS guy, which is great. Don't get me wrong, but there's just a lot of those guys in the league. I feel like um, where Kodai Senga could potentially be a front end starter for someone. So because of that, he's going to make a lot of money. Now you, you brought up the, the ghost fork, the, what a sick name for that. Um, you talk about, you know, he, he consistently hits 98 to 99 on his fastball. Like his stuff is, is all there. He's pitched, even though he hasn't pitched like a crazy amount of like innings every year, he's still pitched like pretty good. And like, and he only has had like that shoulder injury, um, only going to be 30 years old. So say you sign up to, to a five-year deal, he's only 34 years when it's up. So I feel like all that stuff is really good. However, I have one concern and this is kind of goes to like, how healthy can he be? That's kind of my only question mark, which is tough because there's just injuries in sports too at the end of the day. So it's like, all right. It kind of guys can randomly get hurt, but he's not very big. He's six foot and he's listed at 178 pounds. Just for reference, this is these are the Padres starters: Darvish six five two twenty, Musgrove six five two thirty, Snell six four two twenty five. He is way smaller, and, and like most starters are huge. Like I don't know if people realize that. Like I feel like some guys it's pretty obvious, but like even a guy that doesn't look that big on the mound is probably a massive human being. Senga's not that big. Like he's kind of an average like size for like a regular person. Like I guess kind of big. But like that's not that crazy. So like he has all that stuff, but like 
what is trying to put 180 innings do to him? That's like my question because we haven't really seen it too much. So I think that's probably my biggest concern. If you're going to be paying a guy 20 million, and he can't get you like 150 innings consistently. That's super concerning. But if he does, and if he can reach his potential in the MLB, it's going to be the contract will work out fantastic. It's just that we see a lot of times when, when pitchers get paid, a lot of times they aren't able to stay healthy and that ends up being why their deal doesn't doesn't end up being worth it. But for the Padres, I think if you're looking at like what's the best move you can make without like completely breaking the bank, I do think the signing code I think is probably the best bet. So I, I'm all for it. Like, but I, I do think that like even if they go and sign him, it's like, okay, this is an awesome deal. But there's still a couple question marks that we have to bring up. Cause I, I think if you don't bring that up, I just I just think you're you're kind of like looking at it from like only a positive like a positive lens because I, I do think there are a couple concerns there but anything else on the on the health on if it's worth it on kind of what you think the the contract will be anything like that that you guys want to bring up i mean it's a bargain um it, it's you're definitely taking a risk in terms of signing kodai senga it's it could burn you that's the thing is it, it could def- it has a lot a lot of potential to burn you um in terms of the injury history and you could very well end up making him a relief pitcher. He would be amazing as a reliever, but the thing is you're not going to be paying him reliever money. You'll be paying him starter money. And for a very long time, four or five years. um, And the thing that keeps killing the Padres is injuries come late in the season. So we can't afford for these, for these types of injuries. But when you just look at, damn, this dude's got some good stuff, you know, like you really, you really got to take into account that this guy has front, front end starter type stuff where the guy throws almost a hundred miles per hour on his fastball consistently. If you can get it, somebody will get that out of him consistently. Guy has a ghost for it. The guy has a cool name for a pitch, bro. I mean, that's wicked. Um, And he, and and you might be able to get those other two pitches out of him more than just 5% of the time. There's so much in terms of the talent, there's so much that goes into it where you could really say, yeah, he is worth it. The talent is 100% there. And I don't think anyone, when you look at his scouting report or anything like that, I don't think anyone would question that. A 50-grade fastball is average, but the only reason it's average is because of his control. If he was able to locate it even not slightly better, but just a bit, quite a bit better, it would probably grade out to like a 60-70 grade fastball. Uh, Ghost Fork is a 70-grade pitch. This is just from what I'm seeing. Um, I forgot what the other ones were. I know one was – I think the other two were 60s. Those are very good pitches. I was just going to add, just – I don't know if if anyone's not super familiar. That's, like, ridiculous. 70 is, like, insane. Stupid. Um, 70 is, like, way above average. 80 is, like, perfect. Yes, exactly. 50 is average. 60 is above average. 70 is – damn, that's sick. You know, so um, that's the thing, man, is just in terms of potential, you you got it all there. Matt referenced his frame. That is scary, too, especially considering he's already got he's already got got issues in his shoulder. It's, I mean, the build's not great. Um, not to say that, you know, you got to be the biggest guy. Marcus Stroman's. I don't know. I don't think he did very good, but he's tiny. But there's such little examples of guys balling out like that. Um there's a lot of a lot of reward, but there's a lot of risk. And for that reason, 
I want to sign him. I mean, that that's one of the guys that you know I'm really in on. Of course, I, I want him really bad. There's a there's a reason all these all these bigger market teams are in on him. You know, there's something right. There's something something's going good for him. Somebody sees something big in him. So that, I want him, but this could turn out bad. Just know that. Well, I mean, would it really be that bad? I mean, there's already a team paying for a reliever that they just signed, you know, five-year, $100 million contract. So, realistically, that's right on par with the market right now. I mean, that's a steal for a starter if you, in my eyes. Uh, but, no, his, his frame is definitely a bit, like, you can see it as a concern. But the way I look at it is you can always put on weight. You have you Darvish there, who's made the transition from the MLB, or not from the from Japan to the MLB. He's not going to be starting like I have no clue what to do. He has one guy who has been in the league for how many years? I mean, he's been in the MLB a long time. He's made the transition before. I think it would be a much easier transition for Senga to come to the Padres than anywhere else, just because you Darvish has been an ace around the MLB for years. Though, you know, um, I think my famous example of you don't have to be the biggest guy to pitch. I mean, he's tall, but he's 6'5", 175 pounds. Uh, Tristan McKenzie on the Indians. Guy isn't all that built, but he still throws 95, 96 miles an hour just because when you got biomechanics down for pitching, you got your mechanics down, I don't think there's going to be much stopping you. It's one of the reasons DeGrom can throw 100 miles an hour every single pitch. He, he doesn't look that big, but he generates a lot of power. So if he can continue to generate his high 90s fastball at 178, I'm all for it. I'd hope he'd put on some weight just, you know, to kind of bulk up for a longer season, you know, pitching on shorter day rest than compared to Japan. But it's a high risk, high reward situation, and I think the reward is much higher than the risk. And, and that's how I feel too. And I feel like there's a lot of guys too, like that people want to go and sign. Like I think we were talking about it. Uh, was it a Brayu? I forget. There, there was some guys where it's like these guys are like older. Like we just saw what happened to Nelson Cruz. Nelson Cruz. I mean, we wanted Nelson Cruz, man. We were pumped because it sounded like the Padres were going to get him. Thank God that didn't work out because he was terrible last year. He just got he got old, really. Like, and Senga's not he's not old. That's the thing. That, that's why I, I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, but it's like it, there's definitely his risk. So I ultimately like the deal, the, like the idea of bringing him in. Um, let's say you only pitch him between five and six innings a night. That's looking at say he has thirty starts over the whole course of a season, which I don't even know if he would end up having that many. Um, but say he has 30, that's 150 to 180 innings. You're probably going to keep it there. So he's probably not going to get stretched super long. Maybe that means that you have a guy like Nabil Chris Matt come in after him a lot, kind of set up there. Um, I mean, the, we see that the Padres use a lot of guys and a lot of relievers and roles where they come in for like two, three innings. So maybe you get someone to come in right after that for him. Maybe that, maybe that works out really well. Um, and that could also be a thing where it's like, yeah, Kodai, you know, he's going to go, five to six innings and then either a groom or a, or a Nabil Chris Matt is going to come in and, and, you know, get the game to the ninth inning or even close out the game if it's not close. And it's like, 
because we saw that work really well last year for the Padres when they were they were doing that when, when Nick Martinez was coming in after not being a starter and he would come in and pitch three innings all the time or two, three innings, and it worked super well. So maybe the Padres do something like that with him um, to kind of transition him to a, to a league where you pitch a lot more. Um, but overall, I, I think it would be a great move. So I think that's all we got on him. Uh, but let us know. Do you do you think this is the best move that the Padres can make this offseason? Um, if not, I, I hope that the guy that you, that you have instead is – you know another uh another starter because i think that you got to capitalize and you got to go get starters maybe it's a trade though maybe it's a trade that you go and get someone um but if not who's who are the best moves that the potteries could potentially make um and yeah i think that's i think that's all we got so thank you guys for listening and we'll be back tomorrow